You are listening to Unapologetic Talk, brought to you by We The People. Bringing some common sense with a little New York disrespect. We The People, for the people, by the people. You. <laughs> Yo, it's Rally Rebel. And it's Don Scottier. Rudy Fraser, what's up? Talk, this is Unapologetic Talk. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, y'all already know we're going to start this shit off with some current events. What's more juicier than... uh? Leroy, Leroy, look at Leroy this nigga, boy. That's exactly how he looks today, boy. He's looking right now. Right now, he's looking just like this. That's how he's looking when he got that phone call. Because yesterday, oops, oh, shit. <laughs> back, baby. Look, yesterday, he got that phone call, right? He was on the train. I mean, on the plane. He was on the plane to D.C. to um to go with the rest of the mayors. There's a couple of mayors, uh, Think of Florida, Chicago, like all the all the all the major spots that got you know the the, the migrant uh, crisis is going on. All these mayors are are coming together to go to D.C. Well, they did um, to ask for I think like five billion dollars. You know what I mean to uh, help out this crisis. And I said shit as they should because bro, we got the money. We got we funding a war right now, so we got the money to like like handle our shit right here. But um. He was the only one that didn't make it to that that you know what I mean that meeting, and uh, we seen him on the plane, and uh, <laughs> he got the phone call. You know what I mean? Why? Why they, they showed him? It was so crazy because the news clipping showed him like in the morning. They showed him like on the plane, and he's talking about boom, how he's going. You know what I mean? He's going for the migrant crisis. And they showed him on the plane, like actually on the plane, flying out, and then uh, you know uh, I guess like a couple minutes later, you know the FBI was storming through his crib. You know what I mean? Uh, and they took um. <laughs> Yeah, it took uh, oh um, yeah, not not his crib, but his um, it, uh, a young black woman named uh, Brianna Suggs is his uh campaign manager, and uh, she's only twenty five years old, bro, and I, I believe it's some sign of corruption going on in there. But anyways, she's like twenty five years old, and she's been with him um on on his uh his little fundraiser campaign. She's raised millions of dollars for him. She's even uh. For his new fundraiser, for for him getting elected, she's raised up to uh, 2.5 million. So like, past like the millions of dollars she raised for his last fundraiser for his upcoming, you know what I mean, for his upcoming election, um, and in 2025 she's already raised like 2.5 million. You know what I mean? Um, she is, uh, I believe, the eighth person, the eighth person to go down in this uh, campaign money fraud. You know, um, the DA. Alvin Bragg locked up about like six people in July. Um, one of those people were uh, um, uh, was the NYPD officer. They all um, was part of this uh, the scam or whatever of, of you know this money, whatever whatever this money thing is going on with with, with Eric Adams that they're accusing him of. Um, they also, uh, I think one of his, his building uh, project manager or something like that got, got also locked up, got 14 felonies. You know what I mean? Um, all these people that they're putting these charges on are going, you know what I mean? They're going down. And, and 9 out of 10, uh, Brianna Suds, uh, she's probably going to go down. You know what I mean? Um, when the FBI usually come for you, they usually, you know what I mean? They usually got it. And uh, they took, they took um, I believe, a laptop out of her crib. Um, uh, they took some documents. They took a manila folder that had Eric Adams' name on it. Um, and you know what I mean? There's a few items they took out of her crib, you know what I mean, that they use it for evidence. Uh, as far as him, he did a U-turn. You feel me? He, um, he, he came out and spoke out about it where he said that he is going to comply and he 
is not worried about anything. You know what I mean? Um, he said he was shocked that, you know what I mean, that he's going down. But he said he's not worried, but he's absolutely worried mm -hmm. because he made that U-turn. You feel what I'm saying? He was he was in D.C. He jumped back on that plane and came back <laughs> to New York. You dig what I'm saying? And uh, to the point that the people at the White House is like, you know what I mean? The only mayor that didn't show up. You know what I mean? And uh, I think that we, we, I don't know how the crisis is impacting these other, I see Chicago is, is going through it kind of heavy, but the only person I see, like, I mean, going through it really is, is, you know what I mean? It's us. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going through it everywhere, but I know that we really, you know what I mean? This is very important to New Yorkers right now. I know it's not that. So he, that man is worried. You feel me? For him to shoot back here. And uh, the thing is, the thing is, he is, um, as you can see, the other people that went down, and he 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 still continue to do what he's going to do. And that was that was just said on his uh, on his speech that he's not worried and he's going to continue to run New York. And then he started cracking jokes and like you know what I mean, like nothing happened. So nine out of ten, like he probably just rushed back here to probably make sure that girl kept her mouth shut. <laughs> this man is wicked, bro. But um, yeah, that's what's going on with uh, Eric Adams right now. You know what I mean? Like um, we uh, I know how. I don't like, bro. Like I, we was just we was just talking right before the show when we were saying like, like we're we're not in touch with like uh, I guess like the mainstream media and what's going on because you like we like almost like this this movement that we're in is almost like a secret society. We're like ah, you know what I mean? But um, what <laughs> the public probably you know what I mean? Um, from what I get, like, when I talk to black people out here, it's some people that that you know what I mean see us marching and hear us talking. And we get feedback from them. Well, I, I I probably think like the public, from what I get from the public, is that you know what I mean they're rooting behind this. You know what I mean? Um, like far as the black public, they're rooting behind this black man just because, uh, like I said, it's the same thing how I felt about Obama. Like we just feel like boom, we're, we're just gonna root for the black man that gets in that position. We just think that he's gonna do the best that he can. We think he's doing the best that he can. But I, I just think that really in that position, you are a puppet, you know what I mean? And uh, and 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 it's, it's crooked. This shit that, that we're seeing with him is, is almost like a replay of like what was going on with Trump when they started locking all his people up and shit like that, you know what I mean? Um, going down yeah, it's, it's uh. It is the same thing. His campaign is in shambles right now. Leroy's upset. You could tell his pride and ego is being hit from every single interview that he does or interaction with the civilians of New York. Like, mm -hmm. he's just boasting, like, his insecurities. He's not helping. Yeah, the, the, the other thing is he, um... For it. He's not answering these calls. The, the other thing is the, is the um... They, they're, they're looking into how many times he visited Turkey because he's visited Turkey so many times before he was even mayor. And, uh... They saying that you know what I mean. He got a he got like fourteen, I think from them fourteen hundred thousand from them or something like that. That that went to I I don't even want to put the exact number on how much money they sent them, but they got he got some money from uh Turkey and he's visited there multiple times before while he was still like the Brooklyn Barrel president. So they're looking into that because he got some money from them and they saying uh, they're trying to figure out where did that come from along with this uh, construction company that's in. Uh, I want to say Bushwick. It's somewhere in Brooklyn, but KY is KYS. There's one that was in Queens that I was seeing. Was um, it Queens? These two, this construction company, yeah. Is it, was it, is it, is it K, KS? 
But it's the But yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a construction company and this um, you know, they're looking in Turkey to see where, you know what I mean, where this money's coming from. And all I'm just saying is uh I believe it's some wicked shit that we're gonna hear about, but he's playing like, you know what I mean, he doesn't know nothing. Like he's just gonna, you know what I mean, keep keep going on like he had no no parts of that. You know what I mean? He doesn't like he but I know that Brianna Suds, baby, look what's going on. <laughs> you are a young black woman. Do not go down with that sinking ship, man. Um shit, man, did you know what I mean? Uh I think his staff, like underneath her, her her staff, they say she's getting paid. You know, underneath, um, under his staff is uh, I think over a hundred thousand. You know what I mean? So, uh, I, I just hate that she get wrapped up like that. And you know, and then they was talking to the, like the neighbors and the, and for the black man, I seen a black man outside talking about. You know, he thought, um, and he even talked about thought it was like on some Trump shit. He said. Uh, that the way that the FBI was like running down the street, never seen that like all that before, like uh, how they was uh, all over the street. He never seen that before, and it's. Um, I mean, I, I ain't gonna lie. Um, I'm kind of happy, man, because I definitely don't want this man being like uh, mayor again. You know what I mean? I hope that that the people. I mean, I don't think he's gonna get elected again. I really don't think he's. It's too much going on. But that's why I say people need to, we need to start um, finding, we need to find our next city official. We need to find that person. It don't need to be them putting somebody in front of us and making us choose again. We have to, the people have to go out and find the person that we see fit, even though I don't believe none of that shit, but uh, we have to do what we have to do to, uh, you know, make it better for ourselves until we, you know, get revolution. But yeah, I think the people need to go out and find out who's the next candidate is because we don't want this dude Curtis and we definitely don't want Eric Adams again. And we need to uh, stop making it be a pick between those two. We need to stop letting these, you know what I mean? We already see them, but we need to find out who's the next, who's these next candidates, who's really for the people. That's what the people need to really do and start pushing towards them. Yeah, that's how I feel on that. I don't know what y'all have to say. Hold on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we doing that? We're all upset about Eric Adams. He talk. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, uh, yeah, on the, um, it looks like the, the construction company, I'm seeing like a couple articles um, that say the, the dudes that are involved in that pled guilty actually pretty recently to um, to this this uh, straw, straw man donor scheme. Um, I'll drop some, I'll share some, some of the links here, but um yeah i think i think to the point of the public um the the public hearing about this this is one of those things like i I feel like the public gets more they may not be aware of all the other weird things that um uh the mayor does but i think when it comes to corruption and like um especially when it comes like donor campaigns and stuff like that i think when the public hears about this, it'll draw some more skepticism and critique of of uh, Mr. Adams, um, especially as people if people start going to jail for it, you know, um, yeah. then it, it it'll it'll shed more light and other, and hopefully people will be able to start drawing attention and making connections to like other things. Um, on the point of like, yeah, just like similar to Obama, I think um, you know 
moderates, just like people of color. You see, you see like a black man get elected to a, a position of power and you're like, that's a win for us. But in reality, um, you know, it isn't, it isn't, it isn't always all, all skin folk and kin folk, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, and especially in some of these positions, not like, not only, not only is it often a um, symbolic position, but it's also, um, they also just like, don't take, it's not like they're taking like initiative to like make an effect change, right? Like so many of the the news headlines with Eric Adams is just like him goofing off. You know, he's not, he's a very unserious politician from what I've seen. Um, yeah. And, uh, a bad example. Yeah. I, it's terrible. A terrible, terrible example of New York. He does not represent New York or any New Yorkers. Yeah, I don't know that we ever had a good mayor though, either. That's like the other thing. It's like, we just always have like from de Blasio, Bloomberg, um, Giuliani. No, I think, I New think York bad. I, I, I get mad at him. The worst is because Bro, they I, I think they always when they put a black man in the position, they always push him to oppress us the worst. You know what I mean? Whether it be their rules and he's the puppet for it, but he's the one pushing it on us, you know what I mean? This man gets in charge and then now now it's no more like he just like basically took away the culture. The first time we see him is taking away people's motorcycles and stuff. So like, all right, we see that. And then, like, he, he got a commercial where he's out there, like, tearing them up. You know what I mean? And then the construction site. Then they take away the cookouts from us. Then we see them taking away our music. And then villainizing our kids. And just, it's just, it's terrible, bro. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Ooh, blood on his hands. I hear funding war overseas. I'm going to do, too. Mm, these overseas shows. Good, uh... Tell us about what you got, Dobbs. Yeah. Talk it. So, speaking of shit popping off in New York City and the higher political officials doing nothing, the people are doing something. So, um, if y'all haven't heard what's going on in Palestine, there's still um, genocide. The ethnic cleansing that the Israeli people are doing against um, the Palestinian people. And everyone along the Gaza Strip is disgusting. So the media towers um, over this past weeks have been knocked out. And we're losing connection from a lot of outlets and on-the-ground journalists and people who are um, documenting what's going on, risking their own safety, like, media towers are gone. And when we say media towers, we're not just talking about, um, like, news outlets. Like, I think that happened a couple years ago, in 2021. I believe they knocked out, like, a media tower or something. But this time, they knocked out the cell towers, so nobody has connection or is able to communicate. So, um, it's just a lot more need for the amplification of the voices and the people that are there and suffering right now, like all the women and children and um, trans people I've seen, like, and a lot of people like to forget that there's like a queer community out there too, like 
being a part of the queer community right now is very, very fucking hard because we have a lot of like world wars going on and like I said, the ethnic cleansings where people are trying to wipe out people based on appearance. Uh, and we know this is very much like a Eurocentric war, like a Eurocentric, Eurocentric styled war. This is like conquer and divide happening, you know? But like these queer people and like brown people are suffering and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's in here and amplifying their voices. I've seen like, um, like I said, stories like from young trans people, like, you know, we're here, even though like it was supposed to like we're here and we're queer or something like that. But like, it, it was just, it just resonated with me a lot right now. So I just, I wanted to set some light on that. And what we're doing in New York, we're taking um, a lot of, a lot of the activism to the streets, not just on social media, sharing these stories, but this past week, over a hundred thousand people, Palestinian people were outside flooding um, Wall Street. And then we went from Wall Street to Brooklyn. Uh, those actions, those actions were beautiful. Like the amount of people were outside. Uh, I know World Palestine led most of those actions, including a whole bunch of other Palestinian leaders and organizers, but they're also doing an action from New York City to DC. Oh. And by the time this episode is up, we've already been at that action in DC. So we're gonna include some pictures and clips of that. But it's just really important right now to come outside and hold space and like share these stories and um, just amplify the voices and, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Like check out these GoFundMe's check out and support the organizers who have been doing this, like us, like just fighting for the people in their communities. Talk heavy. Talk heavy. Um, um you wanna say something? Um I was just yeah, I was just saying a word on that, but the um I think also this week in, in Palestine, it seems like there's like stronger calls um to hold Israel accountable for the disproportionate amount of violence that it is responding with and people um, starting to starting to tiptoe around the word genocide um, and then yeah. leaning, not outright accusing Israel of genocide, but getting closer to being like, well, if you keep going in this direction, it might be genocide. Um, and I think the, the Jabalia refugee camp bombings were the, mm -hmm. the ones that that really started drawing attention to that, that happened on Wednesday, happened three times. They bombed it three times. They bombed it on like Tuesday, I believe. And then they said they were trying to uh, kill a Hamas general um, and ended up in many civilian casualties. Mm -hmm. They put out a statement saying that like, this was um, just, this is a tragedy of war, right? So they addressed it, that the, the civilian deaths and then they bombed it again, you know? So it's like, uh, I, the world, I think the world is watching and I think the, um, the United States and really by the, the elected officials, Biden and, and a lot of these politicians are, it's getting, they're, 
they're having a much harder time um, tiptoeing around why they can't directly call for a ceasefire. And now that you're starting to see Biden start to say, uh, push for a humanitarian pause and blink and uh, uh, Blinken is also over there pushing for a humanitarian pause. So we, we went from Israel has a right to defend itself um, to no calls for a ceasefire to humanitarian pauses. Um, and no, no, we can no, only, yeah, we can only hope that eventually they'll get around to this is a genocide ceasefire now and the occupation. Yeah, I was just trying to say, they got more money funding to help Israel. When they just sent, like, a couple billion dollars, like, a week ago? Or two weeks ago? Like, yeah, there was a recent, recent, recent um, approvals. Yeah, and now this is like a new wave of approvals yeah. um, to of funding. Um, my, my... With that, like, minuscule, like, little like millions of dollars to Palestine, Palestinian aid. It's like Gaza. when you, when you, when you out, when um, we were protesting and we'd be running into these people, right? You run into two types of people. It's either people that's going to deny the genocide or it's people that's going to just like, like, you know what I mean? Brag about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the wildest shit ever. Like, you know what I mean? You don't really, you don't, you don't really find nobody that you can try to talk to or have like no medium conversation or even try to tell them like, or they don't want to see it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the wildest part I've seen. And what made me throw an action, made me want to come out in March, you know what I mean? To make me feel like I wanted to do more is because, you know, um, after those bombings and, uh, like I said, I seen it, I seen like watching it on the news the next morning and, uh, you know, like they were showing like the people that they targeted and then they were showing like, you know what I mean, the destruction and the craters and, and all that type of stuff and them digging, you know what I mean, the, uh, the people out of the rubble. Children. And then both, yeah, the majority I would say it was children. And that shit, like, it, like damn, that brought me to tears. And I was just like, you know what I mean, we being over here and it's like, damn, I got to feel like, you know what I mean, what can I do? And that's like that, what I'm doing is really like nothing to like what's going on over there, man. You know what I mean? Which I wish you could do. Like, we wish we could do so much more, man. You know what I mean? And uh, I just hate uh, seeing them kids. They they keep showing these terrorists and shit like that. But every time I turn on the TV, man, I'm just seeing kids. And it's not even people fighting back. It's not no war. Like, really, like, no. This is not no war. This is a beatdown, man. This is this, this is this is straight up, like, annihilation. You you know what I mean? The war, these people, there's got to be people going back and forth. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not that, bro. This is definitely not that. So... As this is uh if one side has tanks and one side has rocks. Yeah. Who do you think is the real villain? Yeah, who's who's really doing the terrorizing? You know? Yeah. That's somewhat. Uh, I'll be like, man, looking at the goddamn kidnap and I, I hate to do that shit too, but I'd be looking at them shit like that. And let's talk but about this... the the um hostages who came out Yeah, perfectly you know I mean? fine, unscathed. Talking about they treated us well. The Hamas extremists that you claim is terrorists. Yeah. What I'll say on the on the on the millions. Oh, sorry. No, what were you saying? I was I was gonna say what I'll say on the hostages too is like I'm seeing that there's like protests in Israel. Um because they're like you're indiscriminately bombing places not just in the north where you said to evacuate. They're also bombing other camps in the south. Um, other locations in the south, and 
there's it doesn't seem to be prioritizing hostage rescue because I don't think you'd just be dropping missiles everywhere if you were trying to save people. Um, and so so even in Israel, there's starting to be there's a I think there's uh, Netanyahu's approval ratings are dropping. There's lots of criticism um, over there. And so starting I'm, I'm personally hoping that there starts to be a, a support on both sides for a ceasefire. Um, because yeah, you're the, those same hostages that were supposed to be Israel's number one priority are also in the way of these, um, in the line of fire. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. How do they, how do they not know that they're not killing these hostages with all this bombing they're doing? They don't know no location of these hostages, but they're just bombing everything up. They're not, they're not. It, it logically doesn't make sense. Yeah. If you think common sense, yeah. how do we get these people out? Uh, mm. prioritize people by any means necessary, not the property. Yeah. Or the destruction. Alright, man. So, um, we finna be outside. Yeah, I tell, I tell you. Um, try to, try to keep so, showing your uh, support and solidarity. Make sure you, um, you know, pull up to any action that's going on. Uh, any Palestinian action. Yeah. Any Haitian action. Yeah. Any actions? Um, and as of this week, there's the the call for um, everyone to be like all out for Gaza everywhere, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's why. Um. Yeah. That's why. You know, we we'll try to answer the call. I wish, like I said, I wish there was so much more I could do. Throw but, your um, own actions, hold space, and just share the information. Yeah. Um. Next, we're gonna get into uh. I, I, I talked about it um, a couple of episodes back. It was about the cop in Philly that um, you know that 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 killed the uh, killed the guy and and killed the man, killed the man, like, ran up to the car, you know what I mean, and um, was telling him to uh, I think he was telling him to get out the car, but he didn't give him a chance. He just ran up to the car and like just started you know shooting, and um, they had dismissed this case, and this is around the same time they did uh they dismissed the cops, you know what I mean, um, from the Kawashi Trawick case. And, uh, you know, it happened in Philly, I think it was like a couple months, it was happening over the summer. And, you know, uh, people in Philly, they, they, they actually like turned up, you know what I mean? They, um, they, 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 they started rioting and, uh, you know, cause this cop, you know what I mean, got off and everything like that. But um, the, 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 the general, the general attorney, um, of Philly, you know, um, reinstated, you know what I mean? Reinstated the, uh, the murder trial on him and they, um, they, they locked him back up. You know I mean, they locked him back up, um, without bail. So right now he's currently sitting in jail. You know what I mean? They, they did him like how they do any other murderer. And, uh, they, they, uh, no, nah, <laughs> they didn't give him a bail this time. And I thought that was funny too, but, um, uh, he's in there and he's going to be waiting to his trial or whatever. But, um, yeah, I thought that was was dope, and uh, I I think that was because of the people like turned up. You know what I mean? It's, it's certain shit you got to do to get like you know what I mean, and, and maybe maybe yeah, I believe it was people because the people turned up. Because other than that, when they when they make moves like this and nothing happens, they just let them shit ride. You know what I mean? Um, so I like watching that and seeing that like you know what I mean. Um, I got hyped. And I, I started, 
You know what I mean? That's my brain started working. I'm like, shit, that's what we need to do. Go out our district attorney. You know what I mean? Um, not our district attorney, our, 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 our attorney general. Um, and that's uh, Lolita James. Lolita James in New York. And uh, I went at Lolita James earlier this year for um, Eric Dupree. The guy that got, you know, hit in the head with the um the forty pound cooler. You know what I mean? Um in the Bronx, uh fleeing the scene and, and the cop Eric Duran took the forty pound cooler and smashed it into his head. And uh all the cops came out and condemned it. The police came out and condemned it. Um Mayor Adams thinking ass even came out and condemned it. And this cop is still um they suspended him at the time, but I believe he's still on the force. We never heard nothing about him getting fired. He still haven't got any, uh, I believe, I haven't heard no murder charges or nothing like that. Last we heard of this man, is he's getting suspended, you know what I mean? Um, and that's what they usually do. We don't hear nothing else about it because they're not going to do nothing. They're going to wait till he gets fired and they put him back on the force like nothing happens. Um, they'll probably pay his family some money and they keep all this shit under the hush, you know? Um, and that's what's going on. This 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 woman, Lolita James, is uh she got she got elected. Same thing like 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 Mayor Adams. These people are getting elected. These black people, these new elected black people that y'all see that came after 2020 are a product of what happened in 2020. These people of Black Lives Matter and these people are getting elected off of, you know what I mean? Off our um our 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 trauma and us out there and us like you know what I mean just want to like make a change of maybe you know what I mean they they run off that shit and they they give us these good ass speeches and before you know we ah get them up there get them up there you know what I mean same thing with the mayor you know what I mean oh we got a black man get them up there get them up there we just throw these people up there and um it's it's sad because like I said they are the ones who damn near get up there and they they like you know what I mean they get them to damn near ignore us or put more penalties on us. They do the worst to us. Um, Lolita James, like her her campaign was holding dirty cops accountable. Now we like the Eric Dupree, like if nothing else happened out all these other cops, but we seen Eric Dupree, we seen the cops denounce us, we seen the mayor come out and denounce us. So what's the hold up on this? What's the hold up on on you know what I mean? Um any of these cops accountable. Any of these cops, any of these killer cops. What just happened to uh Kamari, Kamari Hughes, or uh, we talked about it last last episode. An NYPD officer named Stephanie Sharp. She's like in her fucking fifties. She like was driving a tow truck, distracted on her fucking phone, it threw an intersection and killed him. While he was riding a scooter when he had the right of way. Alright. And now and now what? He he nothing. Nothing. The charge was the charge. Death ticket. She got out and no no murder charges, no manslaughter charges, nothing like this like she just didn't kill a little, you know what I mean? And nine out of ten, like, she's not gonna lose her job. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? This is the wild shit that we go through, and this is what makes people go, What the fuck is going on? This is what makes us wild out and go crazy. And you know, we have to wild out and go crazy. People gotta get locked up, people gotta get crazy ass charges for us to get a change, you know what I mean? And that's that's sad that we gotta fight like that for us to get like for us to feel some type of, you know what I mean? For us to get some kind of justice or us to feel at peace. For our uh, lost ones, and uh, Lolita James, when these black people get up there, I'm gonna, you know, what I mean, that's that's what that's what I I feel like. We 
my position as a community activist to hold those type motherfuckers super accountable. Like I'm gonna be on the ass, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, that's what that, that that's why I want to bring that story out. But that's what what people when y'all got these dirty cops and they do this wild shit, bro. Go holler at Lalita James. God damn it, she has the power to to put these charges on these cops. She has the power to overturn some of this shit that's going on when these cops get you know what I mean slid off. But she has a she has a number of cases that's in front of her that's been like mainstream media that we're gonna put back in front of her to put the pressure on her whether we gotta protest or turn up and catch those crazy ass charges of us getting locked up so it can get on the news so they can see that boom we out here doing this shit because Lolita James won't put charges on somebody and so, that's what it comes to and that's what we're gonna get to you know what I mean but um oh, yeah. speaking of Lolita James listen lady if you watching this. Eric Adams, city council member of the district of Fort Greene. Kamari Hughes. We went outside and we marched and we held space for that beautiful young boy and we spoke to the community. They need stop signs. They need a traffic light. Mm -hmm. They need crossing guards to make sure that their kids can cross the street safe without, mm -hmm. you know, and while PD officers hitting them, regular straight cars and motorcycles driving, hitting them. So, Letitia, Letitia, whoever you are, put a damn stop sign on the corner, okay? Where that little boy was killed. And change that name to Kamari's Way. Yeah, Kamari Way. Let Kamari have his way. Yeah, and before, oh, go ahead. You got, you got something to say on that, Rudy? Or you goofy? All right, before we get into, you know what I mean? Your spill, what you got to tell us? Info. I'm gonna drop a dime on this nigga real quick. FBI, if y'all watching this shit, listen. FBI, this you nigga watch favorite <laughs> restaurant, bro. This favorite, this nigga favorite restaurant is in the shambles, bro. And look at him, he don't tip when he go there too. And governor officials are not supposed to take uh, gifts and shit. And when he goes to this restaurant, he don't pay anything. They give him a private booth and shit. And if y'all look it up, look up nightlife. It, I went on his birthday. I went to this man's favorite restaurant and I turned up in there. But look, look into that because the people that own that restaurant. It's actually filthy. They was actually got caught up in some money laundering shit too. So they might want to look into that. The FBI, if you watching that shit, look into Eric Adams' favorite restaurant. They might have lied to some money over there to that nigga. Look at his face. They might have <laughs> they might have lied to some money over to that nigga too. You feel me? That's that nigga. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Rudy. Rudy. Really big Tony. Tony. <laughs> yeah, boy. I dropped a dime on that nigga, boy. Like a stick, nigga. <laughs> So this is a, I want to preface this by saying this is a very complicated, um, complicated geopolitical issue uh, going on over in Africa. And it's been, it's, it, although it has been circulating on, on social media um, recently, it's actually a situation that's been going on for 25 years. Um, and I'm referring to uh, the, the genocide and disruption uh, going on in the Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, and now, so regarding the Eastern Democratic Republic of Congo, it is a country that is rich in, in several different minerals and natural resources, like a lot of countries in Africa. Um, and, and those are, that includes gold, um, cobalt, uh, which is used in um, vehicle manufacturing, 
and coltan, which is used in uh, electronic devices like cell phones and laptops. So already, if you own any of these things, you are already complicit as a part of this like broader um, situation that's going on. Uh, and and for cobalt, uh, uh, Eastern DRC DRC is has the highest it has the highest quality of, uh, of cobalt in the whole world right so this is this is a in terms of natural resources you know drc is is it in some point it also um yeah so lots of natural resources so the 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 issue here goes to the fact that external parties have a vested interest in these resources um, and this, the genocide that's been going on has been perpetrated by a Rwandan-backed group called M23. Um, so M23 rebels have been invading Eastern DRC um, and uh, doing all kinds of things that would be considered war crimes, like mm. killing, kidnapping, rape, um, torture, uh, Things that I probably can't go into detail here because we might not even be able to like have this video uploaded on YouTube. It's very like horrific things going on. Um, and I mentioned, and now this is where there, this is where the solidarity becomes super important because um, the reason all this is happening, there's, there's lots of different factors in play, right? We're, we're talking about an invading force who is ultimately seeking the country's natural resources. Uh, so, you know, that's where the anti-colonial um, component comes into play. These natural resources are in high demand because they're used in, in electronics and, and also very particularly in the batteries used in electric cars. So that's where the climate justice, climate activism side of it comes into play because we're all pushing for this green revolution, right? Um, reducing carbon emissions and the, um, the cost of this revolution has been this genocide um, that's occurring in, in Eastern DRC. Um, so the demand, for, the demand for electric vehicles increases the demand for these natural resources. DRC is, um, is the place where these resources come from. And as a situation we've seen play out lots of times throughout human history, like Africa will have be rich in natural resources and not benefit from the value of those resources. Like a lot of times in a lot of places around the world, countries will have these resources, but they're not the ones that get to profit off of it. It's often um, companies in the U.S. And in this particular case, it's it's the com companies that you think of as innocent or doing good for the world. It's the Teslas. It's the Samsungs. Um, yep. It's the Huawei's. It's 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 these these um, all of these companies that you know you don't think about it, but this um, the that demand is funding this this genocide. And um, the other thing too with it is 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 how the U.S. specifically is complicit. Now this part is a little bit more dubious, and if people have information on this that they can share with us, um, feel free. But you you always know that there's some of these connections are hard to, to, to tie down, but M23 rebels, they also, the M23 rebels deny, right? They, they deny that they are backed by Rwanda. Um, but there's lots of evidence out there that they are backed by Uganda and Rwanda. 
And the United States has a strategic relationship with Rwanda. Um, and so people are kind of being like, it's almost like the United States is by proxy also colonizing Eastern DRC with the advancements of these M23 rebels. And to, to put it into context for the scale of this, this conflict, mind you, I mentioned that it's been going on for 25 years. Uh, it's been estimated 6 million people um, have been killed or displaced as a result of this conflict. And it is the, it is the deadliest global conflict since World War II. Wow. Um, is how people describe it. And nobody's talking about it. Um, because to your point, Riley, you know, when, when it's only people of color involved, the Western media just is like, I don't, I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, you know, see, um, maybe <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> it makes it, it makes it super difficult for, for people to gain information about this, these things and advocate for change. Um, because if you just watch the mainstream news, you will never hear about this. But again, it has been going on for 25 years and is the deadliest conflict since World War II. Yeah, that's that, that crazy. And all these advancements of these iPhones and stuff, people are just like, look at my new car, it drives itself, look at my phone. All right, all it right, loses right. battery faster, but I got a nice camera when genocide is at the cost of this stuff. You said... Like, I saw this video. Oh, I saw this video of like, it brought me back to the old days it felt like history was repeating itself like with the slave ships it was mm. a video of like these kids from the congo singing like these like lullaby songs and stuff to keep their morale up to be happy because they're just like decimating their like neighborhoods and villages. yeah yeah they're like the congolese government i think has put out a bunch of calls to like get people to like enlist into the army there's different militia groups that have like formed to try to like defend themselves. There's people, you know, don't want to talk about revolutionaries. There's people over there trying to fight for their sovereignty, just like we talk about. You know, there's lots of, there's that similar like, kind of like um, uh, parallel in like Palestine, right? There's just people just, they, people aren't going to like sit down and take it as they um, get overtaken. They're going to stand up, fight back. Yeah. I, um, I, when, all right, you said it's been going on for like twenty five years. I felt like I've mm -hmm. I've I've heard about this. Um, I, man, I gotta I gotta find it on my Facebook. But when what was going on in Paris that time where everybody was like, "Pray for Paris." What year was that? Y'all remember that year? What was it? A bombing or something happened in Paris? Oh, I mean, there was. I mean, there was like. I mean, so, so, I was talking about like the ISIS I remember attacks. back then, everybody was changing. They was changing the. Um, remember these? The remember when shit used to go down and people used to change. They, 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 they. Uh, well, some people still do it, but I'm saying like they used to um, like Facebook and and uh, used to come out with certain uh, things, icons, icons and shit for you to post in your in your joint. But everybody used to have one. But around that, I can't remember what year. I got to go through my Facebook, but I ain't been on Facebook probably around since then. Okay, okay, okay. Around then, I think it was if we if, if y'all gonna look up then around 2015 about the Congo. I think it was like I think it was that same war that you talking about. It was like 25. It must have been like something major. I think it was bad people that got slaughtered then in 2015, mm -hmm. and it might have been the same war that you talking about now. And I heard you uh, you said something about World 
Rwanda, right? Yeah, Rwanda. Yeah, Rwanda and Uganda are the neighboring countries, and they are accused of backing this um, M23 militia group. All right. So they made this movie called Hotel Rwanda. It was a true story. You ever oh seen God. that yep. shit? All right. Is I this that it, same yeah. war, you think? Is that, is that, is this, is that part of this? So this is this is where stuff gets tricky, right? Because that the that was like the Rwandan civil war, I believe, and yeah, it was the there was a the genocide of the Tutsi people. The M twenty three militia group says their 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 reason because remember they're saying that they are not backed by Rwanda. Um, they're saying that they are their invasion is because they're trying to prevent a genocide of the minority Tutsi people. So they're saying that they're, they're not invading um, Eastern DRC for minerals. Um, they're saying that their invasion is to prevent the genocide of the Tutsi minority group. Um, and so they're using the, the story of the Rwandan genocide to justify why they are perpetrating these war crimes now, which sounds a lot like other situations happening yeah, in the news around the world. Yeah, that shit sounds crazy. You said, yeah, it do sound like other situations. But yeah, guys, nuts, man. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot going on. There's there's stuff going on. Haiti, Niger, yeah, um, Sudan. Haiti a lot. We don't need, there's so much shit going on. Now that you, like, you know what I mean? It'd be people because we have like a Haitian population, you know what I mean, population where those people speak out and that's how we hear about these shits. But we'll never be on the news or nothing like that, like how we see, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, like, dang, it's, it's like how we see like what's going on with Palestine and then we're not even seeing it like on the news, the right side of it. We're seeing the, the, the other yeah, side like where we're making that, we're that terrible. Side. They look like terrorists, how they, how they approach this shit, you know what I mean? I'm like, this shit is so wicked, man. And I don't see how people... I mean, I like, I, yeah, I, I, because on the news, I don't see the same clip as I see how we watch it on the ground. You know what I mean? I'm not seeing right. like on the news them pulling all these kids and shit out of shit. So, you know, you know what I mean? Um, like mm-hmm. they don't show that shit like on the news, like where you seeing all these kids, like, uh, before they bombed the refugee camp, um, like how, uh. The, the, you know what I mean? The, the, the guy out there talking is nothing but kids and, and, and women and kids and shit. And you know what I mean? And then, like, it said seconds before, like, they, the airstrikes. And then I guess they must have started bombing because you just see the dude, like, telling everybody to run. And people are looking like a running duck. And then, like, boom, it, it clips. And then it shows the aftermath. You know what I mean? There's nothing but kids and, 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 and women that they're picking up. And I'm just like this. And, and the, the men are walking around crying, like, screaming and praying and crying and shit. So that's what, like, you know what I mean? I, I can't, ah. Yeah, the, and, and yeah, this is one of those situations where social media has been uh, a force for good um, in, in the, you know, a rare case of it being useful yeah. because people are able to, like, share this content um, and get the facts out. And then you'll eventually see it on the mainstream media once there's enough public support and outcry. And it's like, you can't just... You can't just get on the TV and lie to us, lie to our faces. You know, you can lie first, but once there's this backlash, like you can't keep doing that. Um, and damn, there was this thing that I wanted to say. Um, ah, I forget it. But you know, what I, you know what I'm waiting on though. 
I'm waiting on where's the fucking, where's the commercial with all the goddamn celebrities standing in front of like a black screen and shit with that sad ass music playing talking about pray for Palestine or some shit like that, bro. Where are them niggas at, bro? Because every time like some shit go on and these niggas, they do that doo 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 and them niggas are standing there with the saddest faces saying the most beautiful as shit, right? You did Mariah Carey. Where are they at for Palestine? That's why I'm like, yo, this is some bullshit, bro. They they see the shit that's going on. They see it, bro. Mariah Carey done defrosted for the year. She ain't say nothing about Palestine. Like, what the fuck? Then I can see if they want to say how mom is terrorists or whatever, but what about all these, bro? We're not... Y'all, when y'all, y'all talk about, oh, we targeted like 50 Hamas people and y'all killed 400 people. And there's a big difference. What are we talking about right now? Between extremists and terrorists. Like, people don't know the, the definition of an extremist. That's someone who has, like, strong political views, who does, like, major actions, you know? Like, a lot of people do that. So, for them to yeah. terrorism, like, a hate group. Yeah, I want to say two things on that is that what, the first one was, I remember what I was going to say before now, is that like talking about media coverage in the U.S., when I turn on NBC News Live, it's terrible. I watch it because it's like morning breakfast type news. They show like, you know, NBC cute Live, puppies right? and then they'll 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 show some something serious. You know, they'll refer to it as the Israel-Hamas war, right? Mm-hmm. And we've seen that there's bombing, there, there are also um, people dying in the West Bank where there is no Hamas. Mm-hmm. internationally they'll refer to it as the israel-palestine war so even just that bit of language um you can see in in where you're getting your news sources from um yeah. uh has can can shape your perception of like what's going on the other is the use of the word terrorist which i just finished um no name uh she's a rapper from chicago she has this like no name reese um, book club um for this month she recommended a book that i had actually just listened to on audio as an audiobook, and I would super recommend Freedom is a Constant Struggle by Angela Davis, who has like advocated for Palestine for the longest while um, and drawn lots of comparisons between Palestine, Pal- Palestinian struggle for freedom and the like black radical tradition in the U.S. Um, and yeah, it's a really, really good read. Um, you know, in it, she she brings up the point of how the U.S. uses the word, first of all, like how the U.S. has tried to like align um, uh, Islam and terrorism and like made the, tried to make those synonymous for the longest while. Um, and then there's also how lots of, lots of famous black activists have been labeled terrorists. To this day, Asada Shakur, who is like 76 years old, um, she is on the FBI's most wanted terrorist list. It, there's mm-hmm. like on the website <laughs> they, and with a $1 million bounty on her head. Um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. um, and she also brought up how, um, Martin Luther King was, was labeled, um, a terrorist at one point. Um, well, she, she too. was called a terrorist. Right. What was that? In 2021. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think the other day when we were just walking outside, like a cop turned to us and called us terrorists. Like, so the word gets thrown around an awful lot and it really just ends up mean. Nelson Mandela, while he was president of South Africa, was called a terrorist. They had to waive his entrance. He had to be a special, before they took him off the terrorist list, they had to be like, when he came to the US, he was the, while he was president, they had to be, make a special exception for him as a terrorist visiting the country to like let him through. Um, 
And, and so once you start looking at it, go ahead. Anybody that down talk that flag or what we stand on is a terrorist here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you a terrorist is synonymous with enemy of the United States. Yeah. But, right. And, and yeah. there's going to be a lot of things done to get you put in that category versus like particularly it being some kind of barbar- barbaric act that you did, you know, um, and it's funny too. I think uh, there was a there was a movie that I watched um, called How to Blow Up a Pipeline, and there was this funny. Um, it was based on a on a book on a nonfiction book, which was talking about um, really drawing comparisons oh. between the climate <laughs> justice movement. Yes, yeah, it's fire a- fire book. Another great recommendation. Oh, um, <laughs> and the in the book, they they the whole premise of it is like you know climate justice should learn from. Uh, the more like radical actions that people take where they, they, and it basically it's like, um, shaking off this whole nonviolent, uh, um, uh, concept because people love to bring up MLK as this like, um, you know, person who stood for nonviolence, even though they don't really understand any of MLK's activism, um, how MLK had guns too, um, you know, for self-defense and, and there's lots of books called like, this nonviolent stuff will get you killed, like books that talk about how guns played into the civil rights movement. Um, and in this book, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, they, he's basically saying like, you know, making the case for more radical actions in the um, climate justice movement. And the movie is actually a fictional depiction of people actually blowing up a pipeline. Um, and but so they had like this um, cool quote in it where the guy was like, if, um, uh, Damn, I'm I'm losing it. But it was basically like, it's a good thing if if the American um, Empire considers you a terrorist. Like, oh yeah, if the if the American Empire considers you a terrorist, you're doing something right. Oh, um, and like that's that that I mean, that speaks volumes to a lot of things. You know, not downplaying any of the the, the innocent civilian deaths that have happened. Um, uh, on, for Israel or Palestine, but just the concept of the word terrorist being used to end any kind of critique or conversation about any uh, issue um, should be really, um, you know, looked at further and questioned, like, what do you mean when you call this person a terrorist? Bro, when they called me a terrorist last year, I kind of, like, almost, not last year, but, uh, 2021, I kind of embraced it for a second, like, ah, nigga, yeah, I am against y'all. Like, you, know, you know what I mean? So I was like, I was with it. But then I was like, no, nah, I can't call myself that, bro, because people start looking. But then, yeah, once they start realizing that, I'm like, yeah. And, and when people say that, we are kind of hard. We going against this shit. <laughs> we be burning flags right there. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No, all right, I'll call myself that. Not, not nobody else on this show. I'm talking about me. God damn it. All right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, shit, man. Um. Any, anymore? Yeah. No, nah, ain't no people. joke. They're terrorists. Say no. <laughs> uh, to the, to the F, if the FBI is watching, <laughs> I'd like to say I'm not a terrorist. Yo, 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 watch it, bro. Yo, don't look at me. Look at this thing. He got more power than me. <laughs> this thing he got more power than me. Yo, and I'll tell y'all, I know where he eat at, bro. That nigga dirty. Don't watch me. Watch him. Y'all on the right spot. Y'all in the right target, nigga. <laughs> hey, he don't live that far from here, yo. I know where he at. He don't like rats. <laughs> but yo, we're um that's that's it with the Congo, but yo, bro, I think everybody should like uh keep in touch with the Congo. You definitely have to look that up because you're not gonna find that like on social media. 
you're not going to find that on news. You have to look that up. You know what I mean? You have to, um, for real, don't just look up the Congo. Just look up just look up wars going on in the world right now and pick one to support. Mm-hmm. God damn it. It's mad I'm going on that they're not showing, bro. Talk. And maybe you could bring light to us mm-hmm. about what's going on at some spot. So, uh, facts. Dig in, man. Dig in. You can't. You can't. Don't just go off the mainstream media. You have to uh, dig in. You have to do your own research. You have to do it for yourself. Um, uh, with that being said, I think this is a great show. But we're gonna get into our interview. This uh, person I've been out here in the field, and that uh, they've been out here in the field since uh, 2020, and uh, I've. Uh, I think I've been in the field with them since. Uh, I think I want to say. A little bit, maybe towards the end, the end of 2020, maybe like November, December, um, I ran into them and we've been in the field ever since. They do good work. They um, they have a lot of information that y'all need to know about protesting and uh, just about knowing your rights and stuff like that. And uh, it's my friend and comrade and organizer, Isabella. So that's the interview we're going to get into. Y'all check that out. Check it out. What's going on, y'all? This is uh, our special guest for today. We got one of my friends and one of the um, organizers out here. Um, part of the, the one of the organizers for disbanding the SRG campaign. Um, they be doing a lot of actions up there at City Hall. I want y'all to give it up to my friend Isabel. How you doing, Isabel? I'm good. Thank you for having me. All right. Yeah. First. All right. Well, first we want to get all started off with um. Just uh, asking you about, yeah, uh, go ahead and explain to us what SRG is. Sure. So the SRG is the NYPD's strategic response group. Um, You kind of have to go back to track who they are and where they come from. But basically back in 2015, there were some terror attacks in other parts of the world, in Paris and in Mumbai. And the NYPD decided that we needed to strengthen our counterterrorism work here at home. So that's how the SRG was born. It was originally supposed to be a counter-terror unit that also policed protests. Um, So back when that happened in 2015, a lot of advocates and organizations came out and said, you can't do that. You can't have a unit that does both counter-terrorism and also protests because those things are inherently antithetical, right? Like protest is not terrorism. You cannot conflate the two things. So the NYPD actually said, okay, never mind. This unit is only gonna do counter-terror. And then only a few months later, the SRG was deployed to protest after the killing of Freddie Gray when they were protests here in the city. And they've really been out ever since. This unit is militarized. They have trainings in violent crowd control tactics and maneuvers. Um, And the biggest problem with the SRG is that there is a lot of secrecy around this unit, how much it costs us, what the training is, because it was created under this guise of counter-terror, it allows the NYPD and the city government to kind of keep under wraps what this unit actually functions as. So when we say SRG, we think of their tactics. What are some of the things that you're trying to, like, disband, you're fighting? What are some of the things that they use against protesters and counter-terrorism? Yeah, so there are specifically things that only the SRG does, right? Things like using the LRAD, which is a long-range acoustic device. Um, I'm sure folks have seen it at protests. It's that speaker thing that's in a backpack. What people might not know is that device, not it's not just a loudspeaker. That's considered a weapon of war. 
because it has the capacity to release a high-pitched sound that can burst eardrums, mm. um, that can create long-term neurological damage. That's something that only the SRG uses, and they use it to give dispersal orders. Um, the SRG also kettles regularly, um, so trapping protesters for arrests. They're the only unit in the NYPD that has a bike squad, um, so SRG officers that are on bikes in their yellow uniform or their black kind of armor, they will trap protesters. Um, they basically, the SRG's training, I've read the whole thing, the whole 150 pages. There are maybe three mentions of de-escalation, of protecting people's rights. Almost the entire training is about crowd control, how to make mass arrests. They have kettling in the training, but they call it encirclement to get around the fact that they're not supposed to be kettling. So this unit is really, it's trained in, in such a militarized way that it stands far and apart from any other unit in the NYPD that's doing this kind of work. Mm. Like they train it for war. And there's a particular kind of uh, officer who like seeks out um, to be a part yeah. of SRG, right? Right, yeah, the SRG is a voluntary unit. So these are cops that sign up to be part of the SRG. And even going back to the very beginning when this unit was started, there were reports coming from inside the department that said that these were cops that were looking for more action. And if you actually look at the misconduct complaints against a normal NYPD officer and an SRG officer, the median number of complaints for NYPD officers across the board is three. For SRG officers, it's doubled. It's six. Um, we see much more reports of like use of force versus things like discourteous words. So like, you can complain about a cop saying something to you. But with the SRG, it's much more use of force, physical violence that we're seeing in these complaints. They do. They, um, from what I've seen, I know they're, they're, they're heartless. But what, um, I, 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 you've been at majority of all like the biggest actions out here and uh what was like one of the, the you know what i mean uh i guess one of the roughest like actions you've seen that involved the srg um i mean early on i would say i think i don't know if you were there really but in september of 2020 there was a an anti-ice protest in times square um, because news had just come out that they were doing forced hysterectomies and sterilization in the ICE detention camps. So there was an action in Times Square. SRG showed up before the march even stepped off, started dragging people off of the street. Um, mm -hmm. Really, really brutal. And then at jail support, they arrested people again and kettled people on the sidewalk with the SRG bikes. Um, I think the worst thing I ever saw was, I think two summers ago, when they were doing the curfews around Washington Square Park and hundreds of SRG came through and cleared the park at 10 p.m. and arrested, not protesters, people that were just in the park, unhoused people, people yeah. that were at dinner, um, pu pushing people into the fountains, swinging their bikes at people's heads, really, really brutal. And that wasn't even a protest. That was a crackdown on a public park. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, that's, um, I was just talking about that in the last episode about the uh, park defense. I was yeah. getting there far for, but yeah, I remember, it, uh, it was all on the news when it was, you know what I mean, beating the people up into the door. You know right. what I mean? I think that was what I seen it. It was like, yeah, I got to go stop that. But, um, right. the, yeah, I, I've seen some some rough stuff, too. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you remember, like, the fire auto marches. Um, uh, they, they they stripped. Uh, I remember they, they circled us. It was probably, like, it was, it was a, it was a, 
it was a good march. It's probably like a hundred of us, but then it was like uh, a couple people got arrested and the numbers dwindled all the way down. It was just a couple of us left for like jail support. And uh, they, man, they pulled up probably about like 200 deep at uh, Barclays and they surrounded us. And they, um, uh, they, they, I think two, two protesters had to go to the, uh, no, one, one had to go to the hospital and they locked up probably like, we was already going to jail support, but they locked up three other people. And um, they, it, it was uh, a film presented person. They stripped all the way down naked. You know what I mean? The way they had yeah, the farms, like, like boom. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you remember that? Um, yeah. And then it was the um, they did it again when we tried to take the bridge, but we did take the bridge. But um, they like uh, I think I got maced that day. But um, they maced and uh, you know we it, it, it was rough. It was a rough bridge fight <laughs> to get off the bridge. But um, then again they had stripped somebody else again, and. Uh, I think we actually was like, you know, did a uh, show on that. Um, I mean, not not the show, uh, interview on that. Uh, the girl, the girl actually went to go, you know, sue them, but they, you know, what I mean, she was pregnant and they stripped her, like, you know, what I mean, just took yeah. her off. But I mean, she had all black on, but I guess, but yeah, I seen some rough stuff out of there, you know, out of these guys. But um, what, what's what? All right, far as disbanding them, what what do people? What what is the the next steps of uh, like what do people have to do for that? Yeah. Or how do we support that? So just so people know what disbanding means, because I think that there are a lot of times where units in the NYPD will get disbanded and then they get renamed. Like we're seeing it right now with the street crimes unit. That unit was banned. Now it has a new name. Doing the same stuff, right? Um, so the goal with disbanding the SRG is not just that the unit doesn't exist. Um, it's that the unit doesn't exist, but all of the money, which is an estimated $133 million a year going to this unit, all of that money is actually taken out of the hands of the NYPD and reinvested into our communities. Because um, when we talk about defunding the police, that doesn't happen if you're not actually defunding the police. Um, if we just say the SRG shouldn't exist, they can say, okay, it doesn't exist. They give them a new uniform and a new name. So it's about actually taking the money out of their hands. Um, so there are two ways that we're going about it. And one of them is through the budget. So every year the city council members vote on a budget um, that goes into an action for the next year. Um, we fought really hard last round for this and we're gonna fight again this year. So that's one ask that like in the actual city budget, it says SRG is disbanded, these funds are reallocated, right? And then the other way to do it is legislatively, so passing a bill, and we're doing both. Um, we're hoping to be able to pass a bill that would actually just ban the SRG's tactics, right? Because like I said, these are things that only the SRG does, right? So if you're able to target the, the actions that they're doing, um, it would make them irrelevant. And then that would actually support our case to disband them because we're now spending $133 million for a unit that does nothing different than any other unit. Um, so yeah, if folks want to get involved, I can share links with you all. There are lots of ways that our community members are involved in the campaign. We have like a thousand New Yorkers that are part of this effort. Um, I know Relly has testified to city council. Um, people really just need to use their voice. I think that um, when there aren't times of heavy protest and SRG activity, people forget that this unit doesn't just do protest. 
This unit goes to homeless encampment sweeps. Um, this unit shows up to places outside of protest. This unit is being deployed to 20 neighborhoods across New York City that officials are considering high crime. And we have no idea what this unit is doing in those neighborhoods. We have no idea. Um, they will not answer questions about that. So we essentially have like a military arm of the NYPD that is operating with no accountability. Um, so we really just need people to get involved, to raise their voice in their community, to, if you live in a neighborhood where the SRG is coming to your neighborhood, we have a whole map that you can check. Talk to your neighbors. Like, hey, have you seen these people around? This is what they do. Um, because for people that don't know the SRG, they don't even look like cops. They look like something else, you know? Yeah. So if you live in your community, you're going to the bodega and you see this guy in military gear, you don't know that he can arrest you. You don't know what's going on, you know? So it's important. We want to not only, you know, fight for the goal of disbanding, we want to keep people safe. And part of that is making sure that people are aware of what this unit is. Yeah. Uh, can Can you speak to the the budget cycle organizing and what that looked like, and maybe what the like, next budget cycle will look like? I, I think I heard that there was there was lots of folks who showed up um, this past budget mm -hmm. cycle, but what would continuing support yeah. look like that for folks? Yeah. So the budget cycle starts in January, and then the budget is due in June on June first. So basically. What happens is the mayor in January um, is supposed to write a proposed budget. So like what he wants to spend money on. That budget goes to city council. City council looks at that budget and then they hold a round of public hearings where people can come in and just talk about what they think of the proposal. That's when folks from our campaign testify. Um, and then the city council members go back to their chambers. They spend the next couple months coming up with a, a rebuttal, basically. Like, this is what we want, a new version of the budget. So the goal is to get disbanding the SRG in that new version so that it's in city council's proposal. Um, then that goes back to the mayor. He reviews it again. A new version is born. And then city council has to actually vote on the budget. Um, so the basically the way that budget advocacy works across campaigns, your goal is to get it in the budget. And if it's not in the budget, your goal is to get city council members to organize amongst themselves and hold the line for that. The way that we saw in 2020, where people were pushing council members to vote no on a budget that increased funding to the NYPD. Um, so it really is a lot of organizing of city council members um, and like making sure that people are aligned. So there are lots of things like we have people that do behind the scenes work for like tech, making spreadsheets, um, creating systems so that we can just call people on speed dial and it sets it up to call council members. You can show up to protest. You can show up to testify. We kind of try to create a menu of options, um, especially because we know a lot of the people that are involved in this work have been deeply traumatized by the SRG. So we never want to put somebody in a position where they're forced or even encouraged to talk about that experience unless they're comfortable. So we can always find a way for, for them to get plugged in in a way that feels safe and comfortable for them. Yeah. What I, um, what I, you know, I, you know, I went to a couple of the, the city call meetings with you guys and, uh, um, from what I've seen, I, I think like, yeah, I mean, you've seen it too. Like, I think the city council people, um, people need to put like more pressure on them because right. in those meetings, they really don't be paying attention to our testimonies. And I think, uh, right. That's something people need to um, really like. If you get up there, you see one of your council members up there. Make sure you put pressure on on right. them to listen to these testimonies and put pressure on the on the SRG. Mm -hmm. But um, 
it was one more other question too, just like I probably don't know on the personal. You see, you see Eric Adams over in Israel, right? And they were talking, um he's talking about taking some of their, you know what I mean, their tactics mm-hmm. and bringing them back over here. You know what I mean? And I guess that's gonna be going to like would that be going to like the SRG or you think that's going to like the regular cops in New York? I mean, listen, that already happened. You know, after 9-11, a, an exchange program was set up. The NYPD had an office in Tel Aviv, and we were sending NYPD cops to Israel to train with the IDF. Um, and there's not public information about which units did that, but we do know that a lot of that training was about crowd control and about protests. So that exchange has already happened, and I think... Um, the fact that that's even being publicly said, something that usually is tried to be covered up, right? Like we don't really talk about the fact that we do that. You can find all of these articles after 9-11 about it, but since then it's pretty quiet, right? The fact that he's saying that out loud, I think should be alarming to everyone. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, it's already been in process. They've been doing this stuff. They've been doing that. Little breadcrumbs to the clues, like hiding the truth in plain sight, as they always yeah. do. Yeah. Um, over these over these last few um actions that's been going on, you know, with um uh the, the war um uh between Israel and Hamas, um what uh what have you them putting SRG out there, what uh what have you seen have um since all right. Um I know that there's trying to be like um rules applied you know, for the SRG uh, moving forward um, as far as, like, uh, how they react to protesters. But um, have you seen, uh, I've seen a commercial, you know what I mean, that, right. that says that, you know, we were able to come out on the streets and use our voices uh, and it showed, like, you know what I mean, all the stuff that happened in 2020. But since, you know, um, since some of this stuff, like, has been getting, like, you know, pushed, have you seen a difference between the SRG since they come out now? Do they act uh, a certain way knowing that they got these? Um, yeah you know, just the stuff where they back? Um, so yeah, I'm speaking as me and not night glue. Just want to be clear about that when I talk about this, but the settlement that the NYCLU reached with the NYPD is not an effect. Um, so the PBA, the police benevolence association, which is the union of the NYPD, which is an incredibly powerful union, um, that holds a ton of power in, in the political sphere, in the financial sphere, they are fighting the settlement. Um, so we, you know, NYCLU and Legal Aid, the folks that are part of that, are going to have to go back to court um, and, and fight for that settlement to go through. But a lot of what we see, what we've seen recently, is that from the jump at a protest, the SRG is there, right? They're on either sides of the street. They're out in like 60 to 100 of them at a time. And we know that them being there is an escalation. We know that. It raises tensions. That means that if something happens, it's not just one arrest, right? Because all SRG is there. They can all move in. Um, Under the settlement, um, a protest would have to reach a certain tier before SRG could even be there. So a protest that's just a march through the street, right? SRG can't just stand there. SRG can't be there at all. Um, that's the goal of the settlement, right? So that the NYPD has to jump through more hoops to get the SRG on the ground because we believe that the SRG being on site just exponentially increases the risk of mass arrests and violence. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've been seeing as we're protesting in the last three weeks now. Um, 
I've been clocking like, okay, under the settlement, this wouldn't be able to happen. They wouldn't be able to be here marching with us. Those are the things that would change. And like, just to be clear, like suing the NYPD is not the be all end all of fixing protests in New York City, right? The NYPD is very incapable of holding themselves accountable to anything, but it gives people another tool because now if there are more rules, there are more ways for you to advocate for yourself if you can know that those rules were broken. Um, and it gives individuals and also organizations a way to hold them accountable when they inevitably kind of break the commitments that they're making. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we're, we're preparing kind of for uh, to, to start doing these like protest workshops and know your rights trainings. Is there anything you would tell to folks who are maybe starting to get like radicalized or coming out to actions now? Um, yeah. With given the state of like SRG and just what you've observed these last few weeks? Um, I mean, all the basics, like have somebody that's not on the ground, have your information, make sure you're connected to jail support or a lawyer that you need, use the passcode on your phone, never ever use face ID, um, kind of the basics of safety. But I would say the biggest thing is often in these moments where a lot of people are on the street, people go out not knowing the context of what protest policing is in New York City. Um, I do know your rights trainings all the time. I think it's important, but I also acknowledge the fact that the NYPD does not care about your rights. Um, so that only goes so far. So the only way in my mind to keep yourself safe is to, to know who the SRG is, to know what it looks like when they're about to kettle, to know where your exits are, to be in communication with organizers, um, to actually understand the environment that you're entering, because very often people will show up to a protest, like when someone is killed by police, a lot of people flood the streets, right? People that have not been on the ground for the past three years, that don't know what's happening. Um, and then they don't know their rights. They don't know that the SRG is not supposed to be doing this. They don't know what the SRG's tactics are. So I would say trying to educate yourself as much as you can about what to actually expect on the ground. Knowing your rights is great, but it doesn't do much when you're in a situation where the SRG is surrounding you and there's nowhere to go, right? Um, yeah. But knowing that that could happen, you can keep yourself safe. Yeah. I'm trying to tell people, like, don't, don't, love, love. don't never let them line up in front of you. And don't, uh... They move right. as a unit. You don't have to worry about them like individually, like chasing somebody. They they move as a unit. So yeah, they right. do. Um, and it's uh, man, they they like you said, it's it's it's, it's different. You know, um, you see how I get up in their face, and it's, it's it's definitely different, man. These guys are are um, they might they do stuff, but they're not human, bro. They're like robots. they're almost like robots. Like yeah. like I call all cops robots, but. Those dudes, like, I can get up in a regular cop face and you can see them twitch and start shaking and stuff. But these dudes look like they dead on the inside, bro. And and, and the ones that not are, are like, uh, like almost like juiced up jocks ready to, like, get something started. You know what I mean? So, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, you have to be, like, and that's what I did, like, uh, being out there just watching them, man, watching them and watching the, uh, watching how the captains move and everything like that. But yeah. um, yeah, yes, they're awesome. definitely different from the cops. Uh, that 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 training and when they come out, it's you definitely have to be on like high alert. You know what I mean? And uh, they don't give a damn about hurting you any kind of way. You know what I mean? Any way they gotta do to, 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 to take you down, that's how they gonna do it. 
Because um, it's really not on them. Once they make an arrest, they pass it off to a precinct officer. It gets processed, right? So they do the violence and then they just, it goes away, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's different. Um, not to say that precinct cops are better in any way, but they at least have to see through the arrest process. Like they have to put their name on the paperwork. They have to do this. But if SRG moves in and arrests somebody, there are a lot of times where their name doesn't even show up on the arrest paperwork, which is part of what made it so hard after 2020 for people to sue, to file complaints. Because I mean, I, I filed CCRB complaints about things that happened to me. The only response that I got was we couldn't identify those officers, sorry. And that's because they're SRG um, and the way that they operate. There's no trail of accountability in the things that they're doing. That's what that that was like one of the most important things I used to tell people. Like um, all the times I got arrested by them, um, whether I got roughed up or not, you know what I mean? Um, it's so quick. Once they throw you in that truck, you don't see them no more. You know what I mean? Right. So if you don't, if you don't, if they come up behind you and grab you and rough you up or come from the side, if it's a real fast motion where you don't really can be able to turn around and get their badge in their face, it's right. over, man, because they're going to pass you to some, some officer that don't know nothing about nothing. You know what I mean? And he's just there to do the paperwork. And, uh, yeah, that's how that's how a lot of people, like you said, a lot of people lose all the lawsuits and uh, just get messed up in the process. Yeah. I, that's what I also do. Like that's that's what I also tell people. Not just learn them, learn the cops, but try to at least like boom, get all of them. In the, like you know what I mean? Try to realize their face. You don't want to be close to them. Period. At the end of the day, yeah. But yeah. If, if you are having to be close to them, try to memorize what's going on and who's in yep. front of you, man. So you uh, you know, just be aware because they 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 move wicked. Like I said, it's not going to just they they move as a unit. So. When one grab you, it's, it's going to be a whole bunch of them. So you're not going to know who you get roughed up by. And then that's, you know, you got some other officer that's being nice to you that you that don't know nothing about nothing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Play the script. Oh, we've well, seen a lot of drone usage. Oh, yeah. I was just, I was going to say, we've seen a lot of drone usage. I don't know if that's, if that's SRG or a different group, but. No, that's, been... I think that's TARU, the Technical Assistance Response Unit. Um, I'm like not an expert on this. The NYCLU has like a long history of fighting drone usage. Um, I will say Teru or they're the unit that you see with the camcorders and they'll film protesters. Um, under the agreement that they've come to, they're only supposed to be filming if there is evidence of a crime being committed. Um, that's not what they do. They will film from the beginning of an action to the end of an action. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of all the surveillance arm of the NYPD. And you'll really notice, I, I mean, I've been to probably more than 300 protests at this point documenting police. I have never, ever seen a drone at a white nationalist rally, at an anti-vax rally, at an anti-migrant rally. No, it's Black Lives Matter rallies and protests. And it's especially anything, anything where Muslim people are coming out, people of color are coming out, anything related to Palestinian liberation, all of that, the drones are up the whole time. And they have been for the last three weeks. We've seen a drone at every single action. Yeah, yeah from the beginning. You just already put it in, the, in the New York Post about the drones. Which which piece? It was just like a couple of days ago. And they tried to you didn't see that piece where they put me in there. It was like talking oh, about the yes, drones yes, at yes. the protest. Yeah. Then then they, they talk about uh you know and had you know they are, they're never gonna let me live down you know what I mean uh any anything they can tear me down with but um when they when they put that right and they said certain people gotta be handled a certain way 
and they call me a criminal and all that type of stuff in the paper. And it's making all these other people like look at me different, I guess, when I come out there to support. But what um I don't know, what you what you think about that? Are they <laughs> No, you're not a lawyer. I was about to say, can I sue? But no, what um they yeah, as far as far as the drones, I see not not just at the protest, but they, they were talking about using drones at, at cookouts. I've seen that over the summertime too. Yeah. Like to and, watch backyards and stuff. Yeah. Parties. And you don't you don't you say you don't know what unit that is, but I see that that's what I mean, I know it's their I think it's like field intelligence and taru work together and they're like the two bodies that do all of the surveillance. You see it, they have like the unmarked car that the drone comes out of and they're like not uniformed cops that use it. Um, and I think it's field intelligence, but I'm not 100% sure. But the drones are a real concern. Um, you know, they say that they don't use facial recognition, just like they say that the robot in Times Square doesn't use facial recognition, but that robot has facial te- re- recognition software in it, right? The company so you that bought that robot and you're saying you just have that off. I don't know what the reality is, but it's concerning, right? Because that, that piece is not supposed to be being used in the ways that it might be by the drones and by that, that cop robot. Yeah, that's different. They're definitely using facial. Yeah, and what's the um, what's the status on these robots? When did they when did they come out? Like you seen the dogs and all that stuff? Is that part of? Well, the Times Square robot is out. He's rolling around on the Times Square station. Um, I think the dog robots got pulled back because they like kept falling down or something. I don't I don't think that one worked (laughs) out. (laughs) People were getting over. Right, but I think the first time they sent it out. Yeah, they they sent that. They've like tried multiple times with the robot, and they did a whole video of like the robot doing a raid by itself. But I think that they pulled the robots back. But I know the one in Times Square is up and running, and that's just a surveillance robot, and it has a button on it that you can use to call the police. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. I want I want to go in there and just keep pressing the button. Yeah, but it caught you off there, baby. What um, they got uh. Yeah, but that's what yeah, that's what I was talking about the drone because that's what uh what I was, what I was reading about Eric Adams in Israel. That's what they was talking about him staying the drones over there and wanted to um you know bring them back over here. But I mean they already using drones, so I mean I, I guess he's talking about the way they're using them. I guess tactically, right now in that war. But that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that I personally have never experienced a climate like what we have now. I mean, I was very young after 9-11 when it was a very similar sentiment where like pro-Palestinian protesters are being condemned by the president in the media, by Eric Adams, by Hochul. Um, People are getting fired from their jobs, ostracized, doxxed, blacklisted. Um, I don't know if you saw today, but the White House basically came out and said that they're going to be working with college campuses across the country um, to work with the campuses and the local police with concerns about pro-Hamas demonstrators on college campuses. Um, So I would say now more than ever, like people really need to be careful about being identifiable on the ground, not just because of police surveillance, but because there are people out there that are doxing faces and names. There's a truck driving around New York with the faces of protesters on it. Um, it's a very scary time to be vocal about this issue. Um, so I would say, like, any precautions you're taking on a regular day at a protest, double those. 
because um, we're in a pretty scary time in terms of a crackdown on protests. And I think when Mayor Adams and the president says things like that, that trickles down to the NYPD. And then they yeah. say, OK, well, we have the go ahead to crack down on these protests because they're being villainized in the media. Um, we see that pattern all the time, right? When they cracked down last Saturday on the protest in Bay Ridge, we had monitors there. It was excessively violent. Nothing happened to prompt it. But then the New York Post and these other sources come out and say, well, people were throwing eggs at the cops. There were things yeah, flying. Man, that was boom. Right. I got snatched up so fast. And I, right. Okay. Nowhere yeah. to go, man. Nowhere to go. That's, That's the cycle. That's what they do. They brutalize protesters. Then they say to the media, these protesters were being criminals. They were doing X, Y, and Z. And then they basically prepare the public for future brutalization so that everyone's like, okay, well, if it happens again, we know that they were criminals. And then they brutalize. And then people stop watching. And then they're basically giving themselves free reign to continue doing that. Mm -hmm. That's the sad part. Um, but then I was, I was, um, what you were talking about, like the, the cops in the, in, the, in the college campus. I seen uh, that same article that I was talking about in the New York Post. John Shell actually, uh, he's having that being done now here. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Where it's going to be uh, cops in every, you know what I mean, at the schools and stuff to yeah. make sure that these college campuses and at the schools to make sure nothing pop off, even though nothing's going to pop off. But just people pro peaceful protesting for what I've seen. We haven't right. even, no, nothing's been destroyed out here, none of that. So that's where I'm no. like, this is where it's just, it's just, um, People are sending a message. It's yeah. genocide going on. And it's in great. Country that, this country is paying for. People's tax dollars are paying for. They're upset about it. They have every right to revolt against the government. Yeah. But, um, it's, uh, well, you know, when, when, when Eric Adams, uh, you know, when I, I started taking the bridge, like back to back to back, because, um, Eric Adams came out there and they marched, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And when they do it, you know what I mean? They shut down the streets, they come out here, they march, they, they shut the bridge down. Um, it was a lot of people that made it like it was a beautiful thing. Uh, if stuff was getting destroyed, like that, that march that just happened with a big old march, that was beautiful, you know what I mean? It was, it's stuff like that, but it's, 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 it's surrounded by cops. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and you'll see, we went to, there was a protest in, I can't remember now, this was last week, there was like the Queers for Palestine protest, and that was organized by Jewish-led groups, um, and not that there weren't people of color in the crowd, but I would say it was more white presenting than the um, Within Our Lifetimes protests that have been happening, which are like mostly um, Middle Eastern people, brown and black people. Um, there were like 15 cops total at that action like the disparity between the way that they police organizers based on what they look like, what the message is, it's pretty astonishing. No SRG on site at all. And it was a big action, but nothing. Like that's what we should see for all protests, but that's only allocated to some. That's what, that's what happened in the, uh, with the George Nelly, the visual. You know, they tried to do the visual, it was shut down. But I think it was like a couple days later, they did a performing arts like, like damn it, right. you know what I mean? In, in, in the subway, and no, not one cop was there. And I'm like, wait a minute. Right. <laughs> like, wait a minute, right. there's a protest, but not one cop was there, and it was like based on who was throwing it, you know what I mean? So that was, yeah, that, yeah you do see that all the time. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Anybody got any more questions for Isabel? No, I just, I just got no more questions. No? <laughs> I felt like that was pretty thorough. Fuck the SRG. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I could talk. I could, I could, 
I could talk for like a bunch more questions, but I think this oh, is great. Like, oh, oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, um, I don't know. There was, there was a question, uh, Sean had dropped in the chat. Um, but do you, yeah. Do you think, um, do you think the public backlash, uh, to the, to the Bay Ridge actions, um, has, uh, has affected or will affect any, any future actions? or just like turn out and things yeah. like that? That's a good question. I think to me, the pattern that the NYPD has is that they will do a crackdown and then they will pull back because they know that that crackdown got media attention and that press will likely be at the next few actions. So they'll be quiet for a week, two weeks, wait until press kind of quiets down, isn't there as much. Maybe the protests are smaller now. And then that's when they'll start again. Um, I think the biggest deterrent for them cracking down in the last, like since Bay Ridge, the protests are so big, um, like 100,000 people, it's impossible for them to do anything about. But we saw this in 2020, like there would be periods of quiet because these protests were so big. But as soon as they started to get smaller, that's when we saw the violence. So I think that's mm -hmm. what it is. It's a combination of they know there are lots of eyes on us right now. And these protests are too big for us to do anything about anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what, that's this, what it is. This past weekend. Um, Power what, of the people. Remember. What do you what do you feel about um not feel about it, but um do you can you explain to people about permits and stuff? I don't you know, I'm never gonna get a permit. I don't I, I don't <laughs> I will never get a permit. I don't I don't want to. I'm I'm not I, I refuse. But um can you tell people like, you know what I mean, uh how they can take the streets without having like the cops on. Well, the cops are, it, just talking about the perfect place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so after Jordan Neely was killed and the protests around Jordan Neely, there was a huge shift in the way the NYPD policed protests where like there were times that they wouldn't let you take the road, but it was like Queen Jean got arrested a week later for being on in the middle of the road. You cannot take the road at all. With these protests, they're big enough that people have just kind of taken the road. Um, but if you, the NYPD can't arrest you for being in the roadway. They just can. It's the unfortunate reality of it. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. It's basically one of those things that's like, it's fine print, and sometimes they choose to enforce it, and most of the time they don't. But if they're unhappy with your action or the type of action it is, you're much more likely to get a dispersal order for the roadway. If you want to avoid that, you can get a permit. You have to apply for a permit to the NYPD. So the vast majority of organizers have no interest in doing that. Um, but it's a process online that you can go through, fill out a form on the city website, and it goes to them, and then you get approval. Um, if you get a permit, that means that you were also asking for police. Um, so basically, the police will come and escort you. We see it all the time with the clinic harassers that go to Bleecker Street. They have a permit every week or the first week of every month, which is why the NYPD escorts them there. Um, so it's not a way for like the NYPD not to be involved, right? It just means that they're like marshalling you. Yeah. Can I stop people from messing with you? But that, that take notes, take notes, man, because it's something that you protested. <laughs> you feel me? You can come, you can pull up with the cops, and they're gonna protect you. So you can pull up, <laughs> pull up in the spot and turn up. Yo, and they there for you, man. That's I think that's. I think it's crazy that they do that for the uh that that should show you like how they do that um well, for the clinic defense. I think that's crazy. Like they 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 yeah. these people get a permit and the cops come and, and, and protect them 
as they go down to the to the to the um abortion clinic and harass people getting abortion. Right. Yeah, I've had a cop tell me. Sorry, go ahead. It's whoever has the money. Like, runs the business. That's what it's given. I had a cop tell me, because I asked him, I was like, why are you giving a permit for this if it just escalates tensions and you know there are counters there and they're harassing patients? He said, well, this is like the Thanksgiving Day Parade. You know, you can apply for a permit. This is the same as the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I said, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think think it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing at all. Yeah. Yeah, sad. <laughs> yeah, they be lost. They just there for the paycheck. Old face. We got we got any more questions from the chat? No. All right, it's Bell. Fire, fire, fire! You already know we're gonna see you on the ground. Y'all appreciate yes. you so much. Yes. Thank you for all you do. You know, um, really? thank you. You already know I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay with you. We gonna fight all the way until this shit is done. Um, till we get uh, SRG out of there too, but um, yeah, I appreciate you so much and thank you. You know, thank you for giving us this interview and informing the people. Yeah, thank going you on. so much for having me. Appreciate everybody. Appreciate you, Riley, and all your work too. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Before um, before we go, is there anything that you want to plug or inform the people on, or, or if they want to reach out to anything or yeah. know your right anything like this? Um. I would Google disband the SRG campaign. It'll come up. There are lots of ways for you to get involved. You can sign up there. Um, If you're interested in doing what I do and monitor the police at protests, um, you can Google NYCLU protest monitoring and that'll come up. Um, We're always looking for folks to put on some blue vests and watch the police at these actions. So that would be great too. Yeah. Shit, I might do that one time. Yeah, are, y'all paying? are y'all paying? Are y'all paying? You like? Yeah. <laughs> but I get my allowed to talk to him. I can't talk to them, right? We're not allowed to talk to him. That's the worst yeah. part. Yeah, we be oh man. We be, we be <laughs> turned up. Like, oh look at though when we see some shit that's not right. And we be seeing the cops go right over there, we be, be right on their ass, like <laughs> like, yeah, get your knees. Get your knees. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. Yup. I hope y'all enjoyed that interview, man. Um, very informational. Very informational. What, what, what's the word for that? What's the informative. <laughs> informative. Very informative. Very informative. Yeah, shout out to Isabel for that. Yeah. Uh, We're going to get into our call-outs, y'all. You know I mean? uh, go ahead, Don. Let's kick it off real quick. Check us out every week. Yeah. Every Talk. single Thursday at 7 p.m., Stonewall was a riot. Check us out. Yeah. Before you come to Stonewall was a ride, make sure y'all go to We the People, support and feed the people. We we the people for the people by the people. Yeah, every Thursday starting at one o'clock on Fulton and Nostrand. Don't want until it's done. Don't want until late. it's done. Talk get heavy. Clothes, get yeah. information. Rudy, tell them about what's going on. Oh, oh, real quick, real quick, Rudy. Real quick, real quick, real quick, y'all. Um, I'm back on the streets. Yeah. I'm back on the streets. Back. So look, look, look. Um, we. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I've got to do my part for Palestine, and uh, you know, um, he's, you know, what I mean, this this dude over here, he uh, he came out and he supports he supports Israel, he supports the um, the people for Israel. Since something going on, he's went to um, all the, their their actions, their protests. He spoke out. He's even made a, a video for them and. 
um, I understand, like I said, people want to label Hamas a terrorist group and don't want to support that. The, the, the thousands and thousands of Palestinians that's dying, um, they need our support. They have nothing. The innocents, the babies, the, the women and, and children, the men, even the men, the, you know what I mean? They, they, um, that, that are innocent, they have nothing, you know what I mean? Um, and they've been, those people have been occupied for over 75 years. We have to realize that they, they, they been had a, a foot on their goddamn neck. And, um, this is my way of, um, showing solidarity of putting pressure on Eric Adams, you know, the, um, the show support for his Palestinians for the, for the hundreds, like I said, the hundreds of thousands of Palestinians right here in New York. He has not said anything to them while he goes out with, you know what I mean? Um, with the opposite, like he can't play sides right here. And it's not even about sides. It's about the, you know what I mean? The, the innocent people that is, is, you know what I mean? The people that's down on these sides. Um, so that's my action is about it's Tuesday. Uh, what is that? November the 7th, Tuesday, November the 7th at 6 o'clock, Union Square. Union Square. We reject Eric Adams. We reject Eric Adams. We reject We're Eric solidarity Adams. with uh, the Palestinian, yeah, Palestinian community. Yeah. So fire, be there, pull up. All right, fire. Talk heavy, Rudy. Where? Where? Y'all already know Black Sky. We're trying to build up the Black community, um, celebrate Black joy. Um, they're on my ass, y'all. We need more Black people over there. So get in tune, hit me up. We got invite codes available. Um, RudyFraser.com. Hit me up on Instagram, uh, at Shaquille, or send an email to him at RudyFraser. Work. Y'all log into Black Sky, man. Check that black. Let's get Black Sky popping. Yeah. Facts. I got to get on there, man. Is it it an app? I'm thinking that too. That's a fact. I'm saying. Y'all ain't even getting in tune. Yeah. I'll, send, I'll send y'all invite codes. I hit the group. Yeah, talk everybody. Yo, yo, follow me on Black Sky. I'm going to be on Black Sky. Yo, yo, man, next, next, next week, I'm going to have my Black Guy, my Black Sky uh, at yeah. babe up there. Like, ah, Black Sky. <laughs> yep. Talk. Squad. You can yeah. say it. Send us some information over there. All right, that's our time, y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed this. Check us out, man. Uh, like I said, oh, um, that's, that's what's. My march is going on next week, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be, you know, plenty of actions going on next week in support of uh, Palestine. Um, Check out Will Palestine. Yeah, to, to follow Will Palestine and uh, just just be on on the lookout because they did do an open call for other organizers to also um, to throw actions to flood these streets for them. Like you know what I mean? Until we get a ceasefire, to these people are you know what I mean? Um, we really want them. We want them in the occupation, not just ceasefire, but in the occupation. Get the hell out of that people's land. And let the people live freely, man. Talk. Um, yeah, that's it, man. I hope y'all enjoyed our time. Fire. All the talk. Oops. Peace.